Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, I'm Josh Harmon. and you are listening to Just Films and That. This is the podcast where we talk about films we think might be underrated, underseen, or we just wanted to talk about them. This week, it is, of course, Superman 2. So, let's see what we think. Alice. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're just oh iconic, amazing, iconic. powerful, atmospheric. Superman 2, then. That is mm-hmm. what the song of just hummed is from. Mm-hmm. In case you didn't get it. In case Christmas. you didn't get it. You pick this one. Uh, Superman uh-huh. 2, then. So tell the lovely people at home what Superman 2 is about. Why did you pick it? Is it underrated? Is it underseen? I just want to talk about Superman 2. Go! So Superman 2 is the sequel to Superman from 1978. So in this one, Lois Lane figures out that Superman is Clark Kent. They profess their love for each other. And to make sure they can be together, Superman gives up his powers to become a normal man. I guess because now this means that they can bang without risking the safety of Lois's pelvis, right? Uh, But what (laughs) Superman doesn't know when he makes this decision is that three villains dressed in black PVC want to take over the world. They are General Zod, Ursa and non so then superman decides he needs to turn back into superman to save the planet um why did i pick it well i i love you know being honest with you josh and with you listeners so i have made a mistake here um and i thought that superman 2 was underrated but i think i may have got confused with superman 3 which they're both on my list i think i said last week that superman 2 on my list of films to pick for this podcast superman 2 is the first one like it's the first one listed right um so i was like yeah it's time to do superman 2 i think it's underrated and all this but then obviously ahead of the episode i went back to check the critical Mm. reception and i was like oh that's actually not as low as I thought it was. So then I wonder if I got the numbers mixed up with Superman 3 instead. So I thought it was underrated. Having looked at the numbers again, I don't think it is. So we're going to do this as one that I just wanted to talk about and a bit of a revisit because I haven't seen it for many, many years since I was a child. So it's a bit of that, bit of a nostalgia kick for me. But yeah, fucked up for us. I've got one job. You've got one job on this uh, podcast. <laughs> So this was the it's first one. So it? you agreed to come on the podcast, regretted it ever since. But all, <laughs> but in that time, you've had, a, as we both do, list of films, I'm going to do this one day. So yeah. this was the first one on there, right? It's the first one on there. I don't, I don't know why. Straight I don't in know there, bish, bash, like, bosh, Superman 2. Yeah. So yeah, why, so why now? 
Why now? Um, I guess because my list is wearing pretty thin. Like, I'm running out of films, Josh. Like, I look at the list and it's just all stuff I've done. I'm like, oh, look, Fear and Loathe. Oh, no, wait. Oh, look, Catfish. Oh, no, wait, done that. <laughs> so this, this, and because it was on the top of the list and I thought it was, you know, a bit of something, something like, you know, we had you with Sliced Alone recently. Mm. So it's like me with Christopher Reeve, like the big strong men that we love for different <laughs> reasons. I know you love your strong men. Um, but anyway, had you seen this one before, John? So I was watching it and I thought, I don't know if I've ever watched this all the way through. Okay, a bit like yeah, Terminator 2. I was like, I've definitely seen this. But also, yeah, I don't know, you know if, I've, if I've ever like, sat and been like, it. I'm putting it on now and watched it yeah. from start to finish. So obviously, I uh -huh. knew loads about it so it felt like i'd seen it before but i just i don't know if i've ever sat and watched it start to finish with a critical eye but it's one of those films that's mm -hmm. been referenced and parodied so much that that mm -hmm. i felt like i'd seen it but i definitely seen mm -hmm. all of it just perhaps not in one go yeah. um yeah so yes i had i had seen this one before so obviously let's get stuck into it then so You've already touched on the fact that you've 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 dropped the ball there, Alice. You've dropped the kryptonite ball. Made, made a mistake. Um, You've got one job coming on this podcast, Alice. It, make it underrated or underseen. I definitely don't think it's underseen. <laughs> so, and I checked. I checked financially. It did pretty fucking well. So. <laughs> yeah, it's not underseen. There's no way. Nope. This is underseen. <laughs> but it could be underrated. But we'll come to that in a bit because I haven't seen that. So I'm interested to know what you <laughs> oh, think. There we go. Yeah. Um, maybe. Maybe. What did you like about it then? Having watched it with a critical eye, what did you like about Superman Two? So, Josh, there is a heck of a lot that I like about this film, and I won't be able to get into it all in great detail but here are the main things so these this is all kind of like a couple of points that i'm gonna mold into one point so the performances the delivery and elements of the script i think are fantastic so christopher reeve is just so perfect as superman i think he absolutely nails it and i think margot kidder as lois lane is also great and she because she's quite an intense character mm. and she and superman complement each other really quite well because he's quite chilled out you've got gene hackman who just seems to be having the best time <laughs> as lex luther and then terence stamp as general zod now zod is just such a terrific villain zod. oh he's so good so he's not that big of a guy but he has such an imposing presence his voice the intensity in his eyes the way he delivers his lines is all so powerful and it's interesting to have that up against superman who is so physically dom dominant but he is quite chilled and pretty mellow in how he presents himself like he's not there to scare anyone is he whereas zod wants you to know when he's entered the fucking room but it's an interesting turn then that he also has a couple of really funny lines so when he's at the white house i believe the president says something like there's one man here on earth who will never kneel before you to which his odd replies who is this imbecile where is he and then another a little later on where he's talking to lex luther and he says why do you say these things when you know I will kill you? Yet giving him these comedy moments doesn't diminish how threatening he feels mm. on screen. And I feel like there's a real risk when you do that, that your villain just becomes cheesy mm. and not really scary anymore. But, oh, Josh, he's just so good. That actor, that character, I absolutely love him. So he's, I mean, it's an iconic role for him, isn't it? It's one of those roles, like he's done plenty of other stuff. You know, he's in Star Wars, he's done like the Limey, he's done loads of stuff, but he'll always be General Zod. Oh, just, it's it just, even the name like invokes fear into you. It's like General Zod, it's not just Zod, is it? He's General mm. Zod. It just gives him those like extra layers of power. Um, 
so I think like just just brilliant casting, brilliant actors all round. Uh, I think some of it looks outstanding. So particularly the Fortress of Solitude, like it looks familiar yet alien at the same time. And there's different color lights and different glows depending on what's happening in there. And you just feel like you're about to see something important every time you're there. So the moment when Superman relinquishes his powers, he's like in this ice chamber thing. And then he leaves it and, and sort of comes out as human. But his Superman image remains in the chamber. And I thought this looked brilliant, mm. you know. And sticking with the way it looks, I absolutely love the honeymoon suite at Niagara <laughs> Falls, right? This really ostentatious and grossly romantic and sexual room. It's just the absolute worst place to put two people who aren't in a romantic relationship. <laughs> and just in general, I think the visual and special effects are pretty good. They're clearly old, but they don't feel bad, mm, if you know you what I mean. There's a touch of the Doctor Who's. There's a touch of the, like, oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's shit, but it's good. Like, you wouldn't want it to be any better. <laughs> like, so I, I know I yeah. know what you mean. Like, there's there's a, there's a few bits which I'll come on to which maybe aren't as good, but I know it, if, they, if they remastered this, like, the way they keep doing with Star Wars, you'd be like, oh, just leave it alone. Like, yeah. I know, yeah, I know it, that the CGI wasn't, well, CGI wasn't really a thing back then, and effects mm -hmm. weren't as good as they are now. Just like in 30 years, the effects that we've got now, you know, won't, won't, we'll won't, look, pretty won't look pretty shit or whatever. <laughs> so the, there is an element of that sort of kitsch value, that nostalgia, that, that mm. it, yeah, like everything sort of looks like it's made out of cardboard, but you don't mind because it gives it a real charm. Yeah, it just sort of kind of adds to the atmosphere and adds to the whole feeling it, of Even it. though this film um, was the most expensive film of all time when it was made. Was I think it really? so. Yeah. It was definitely. Because oh, obviously, wow. you think about the first Superman, it was a massive hit. It was a monster hit. Mm. Then this came along. I think it probably it probably did better, but I don't know off the top of my head. So it's not. Uh, no, so it didn't. It, it did not didn't do as well as the first better one. financially. It did. It it got back like three times its budget yeah. or something like that, like into the hundreds of millions, but it wasn't as much of a financial as, success as the first as one. The first right, one. I do right, know right. that so little bit. Touch of the Batman yeah. Returns then. So yeah, a hit, yeah. but just not as big a hit as the first one, sort sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, it's still good. Yeah, so it's like you say, it's, it was it was it was a massive hit. So, but yeah, the effects, the effects, the costumes. Something actually I want to touch on that you said there. Casting, it is pretty perfectly cast. There's no one in this yeah, film you yeah, think. You could question certain elements of performance, but I think we'll come we'll come on to that because I don't think it's performance so much as place and time. But there's no one in this who's miscast. It's so well cast. I felt that everything, it, everyone just felt right. Everyone felt like they were right where they were supposed to be. And it, it all just worked. And they all worked so nicely together because you've got some quite extremes of personality, like not just with Superman and Lois, but then like with the villains. So then with Jod, 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 Jod. excuse me. I'm, I'm combining Zemral General Jod. Zod there. Yeah, yeah, Jod, yeah. You know, Jod, scary Jod. Um, <laughs> oh, my General Jod. Zod, Ursa uh. and Nod. <laughs> Uh, so I feel like they will complement each other really well and they all just kind of understand the assignment and they mm. just nail it. Um, did you, so did you like it? Did so yeah, so there's a lot, I think there's lots to like in there. I mean, it, it is, okay, it's, it's a classic, isn't it? So I think, what did I like? It like? is a well, bit classic. So overall, just to sort of feed off what you said there, it feels very cinematic. That opening mm. through space with the explosions <sighs> and the credits coming up, you know, making an event around the mm. credits. That's very much it's quite a comic booky thing. And it's something that's mm. become a little bit lost, I think, nowadays because it's probably seen as a bit cheesy. But making a thing out of the credits, making a thing out of the credits, and making a thing out of a flashback to the last one. You know, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films do this, and it's no, it's no coincidence that it did this after Superman 2 did it. So what they're going to do is that, super, you know, I, I'm a massive comic book fan. I'm a massive Superman fan. 
It's the Superman films don't get the credit they deserve for how mm. influential they were. Without mm. Superman 1 and 2, there's not really anything else because they took a big gamble on the first Superman film. Like, are, is this going to work? Is it going to be too cheesy? Are we going to melt him up like he, you know, he can fly and he can do all the things that he can do? Or is it going to fall on its arse? Famously, it was a massive success and this film followed it. But without that, there's no Batman, there's no X-Men, there's no Spider-Man, and then there's no Marvel Cinematic Universe, DC Universe, all that sort of stuff. So if you're into your comic books, you know, this is you got this film and the one before it to thank, really. Um, I know an argument could be made that they would have, you know, something else would have come along. But for me, you know, this is like the Wizard of Oz of superhero films. Without this, as in this yeah. and the first one, uh, there's, there's no... Because this was made immediately after it, right? It's... It's made well, uh, yeah, almost in of, conjunction with the press the with the press release, time. right? Yeah, so yeah, but then something like oh, because they had to switch directors, because then they dropped the first director, yeah. so then the second director refilmed a lot of it, and then, and then it was a bit problematic. And I think this all sort of ties in with this the idea of the curse of Superman, which is a whole which different is a whole thing, thing which um, is pretty yeah, much gone. They were now. trying to make them at the same time. Yeah, yeah, they were. They were. So yeah, which which. You can read about it's a very famous story. And then Richard Donner, who directed the first one, and a lot of this has then done his own cut of the film, which you can watch, which is a lot mm. different. Um, so, yeah, so, so the influence of the films is there. It feels very cinematic, and that is down in no part, like I say, the opening credits, the feel of the film, the look of the film, the music. I have to say, I mean, I don't know if we've done, I, I don't know how many films we've done where John Williams has done the score, right? But for me, I, you know, I love cinematic music. I love Hans Zimmer, James Horner, you know, James Newton Howard, um, Danny. Danny Elfman. Danny all Elfman. Of John Williams is the master. He sets the bar. Oh, Do you know what I mean? He's, uh-huh. he, he set uh-huh. the bar for this more modern period of, of, of filmmaking. It feels so epic. It feels mm-hmm. so, you know, everything he's done, this, Star Wars, all the other things he's done. It feels so epic and, 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 and it's just brilliant. It's a brilliant piece of music. It goes perfectly with the character. And and it really mm. sets the tone. If the music wasn't as good, the film wouldn't be as good. Back to what you do with the casting. Obviously, Christopher Reeve was already cast as Superman because he'd done he'd done one before, but that doesn't take away from the fact that he is the cinematic Superman. I so it just fits. Yeah, I mean, it? I it's like he stepped into a glove. Yeah, or something. I like, love it's the. Just perfect. I do like Henry Cavill as Superman. I think he's really really good. Yeah. But. It, it does all right. yeah. he doesn't get the chance to do or what he hasn't had the chance to do yet, which they do in this, is differentiate really well between Clark Kent and Superman. Mm-hmm. Because, and that's not that's nothing to do with Henry Cavill as an actor in these films. It is, he differentiates so well between Clark Kent and Superman, his posture, his gait, his speech, the way he mm-hmm. looks. Like he's so, you know, he's so nerdy as Clark Kent and then he's so heroic as Superman. He toes the line so well. Like he is, he is Superman, isn't he? It's like... He just is, it's iconic. Um, they say great villains, Zod and his and his cronies, like doing really stupid but dastardly things like changing Mount Everest and stuff like that. Um, Gene Hackman. Mount Rushmore. Yeah, what did I say? You mean Mount Mount, Rushmore no, Mount, Mount Everest. Everest. Yeah, they, they, they <laughs> check it. Yeah, Mount Rushmore, sorry. They changed Mount Rushmore and they, and they put their own faces <laughs> on it. Um, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And like you said, Gene Hackman is Lex Luthor just having a time of his life, chewing the absolute fuck out of some scenery. Mm-hmm. It is. It's very, very cinematic, and and that is pretty much what I liked about it. That's that. I'll, that's all I can say. It feels like an event film. It feels like a piece of cinematic history. It, it's it's a classic, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Did you, did you sort of feel that similar gravity? Like I I remember I felt it when we watched um like the Great Dictator mm. and Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. Like you just feel like you're really 
I don't know, just like it, you feel it coming off the screen almost. Yeah. Like you just feel like you're really witnessing yeah. something you're big. You almost, I think a good, a, a good film like that or like the other films we've talked about carries with it the weight of the time. So going in with mm-hmm. the same expectations of this is this is going to be good or, or it's not or whatever. But you should be able to feel what the sort of, and this is going to be a really wanky way of putting it, but you should be able to feel what the zeitgeist of the time was which the great mm-hmm. dictator does, and gentlemen prefer blondes does, and 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 this this definitely does. You can definitely feel that sort of post. I don't know, post not post war, but like almost the sort of middle of the cold. Yeah, war that sort of like we need on, a, we need it? a hero type feeling, yeah. which it's you know it's 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 no secret to say we have now. That's why comic comic films are the main successful genre in cinema now. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Whether people are feeling the fatigue or not is not is a conversation for other people to have because I probably won't feel the fatigue because I just love them. <laughs> you love but, them, all. but you yeah, love these them things all. these things come in circles, <laughs> don't they? During the height of the Cold War, it was uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. They're coming over to get you type films. Yeah, westerns were you know they had their place. Comic book films they had mm-hmm. their place. Eighties comedies they had their place. You know it's it, it and and this is definitely one of those films that carries with it that way of the time and, and and I think that's why it's I think it stood the test of time in a lot of ways not all the ways mm. but in in a lot of ways but anyway what else, what else did you like about it because obviously you picked this you clearly got a lot of affection for it hit me with what else you liked it about it so just to touch on you you did mention there so they do that thing at the beginning where it's like a reminder of what happened mm. in the first film so it's it's just the images I don't think you get any of the audio or any of the dialogue but it's cut to the to the music, mm. to the big music that we love. And I just thought this was such a good way to remind the audience, to catch the audience up. Like, I feel like it could have been so bad. Mm. And maybe on paper, it would be like, oh, are we really going to do mm. this? Like, just fucking spoon feeding the audience? Like, isn't this just... Aren't you just going to feel sort of hollow watching this and, like, it's a waste of time and, like, you don't feel anything? But because the mu- the music, I think, is doing so much of the heavy lifting, and I think it was very smart to uh, mute the dialogue in this instance and just have that music playing, and then you just... Completely agree. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It just absorbs you. It just absorbs you into it. The music is just... It's phenomenal, and it makes me... It gives me such a, a potent emotional reaction every time I listen to it. Um, I also actually thought it was quite emotional at times. So, like, it's the big hero. It's um, it's very action-y and quite funny. But then there was also some really, like, emotionally strong moments. So when Superman is at the Fortress of Solitude to give up his powers, he's talking to, like, an AI image of his mum mm. where she's explaining what giving up his powers will actually mean. And then towards the end of the conversation, she sort of steps out of... Like, I think she's on, like, a screen. Like, it almost feels like it's a bit of a projection or something. And she steps out and she appears to actually be there in her, like, kryptonite form. I was going to say human form, but no, she's kryptonite, kryptonian, kryptonian form. Um, And she goes towards him and then they have this really tender moment where she's like, oh, my love, are you sure? Because obviously, I guess they've programmed... Because she goes through in detail, like, you will be a real man, you will hurt yeah, like yeah. a real man, you will die like a real man and all, that, and all this. And they've obviously, the Fortress of Solitude has been created to have the ability to let him do that. So it's like they've prepared for every eventuality. It's like, oh, well, you know, if he falls in love with a human yeah, it's woman... Like, it's meant to be like a Swiss army knife do. of possibilities, I think. Yeah, and so they're like, it, everything she's saying just feels like oh yeah, this was just written and she's just reading it off a script and this is all, you know, like it's, like like she isn't really there. This is just like a, like an answer phone message yeah. or whatever sort of thing. And then that moment when she steps away 
and she looks like she's actually there. Oh, that really punched me in the gut, you know, because it was like, it was like, oh, she stopped being an AI for a minute and now she's just his mum. Mm. Like, she's not this disembodied voice. She is actually there and she, you know, is is sort of feeling a mixture of fear and of pride that her son would choose to do this. Because obviously it's very scary thinking, well, now my Absolutely, son is yeah. going to potentially and, die, and you right? definitely, but then you also have that thing with Superman where you know that they're dead and they've been dead for years, so he yeah. can't actually talk to him. It's all just pre-recorded. And then I yeah. think the way also the the film also carries with it the thing of you know unfortunately everyone knows what happened to Christopher Reeve, so there yeah. is a touching there's always a touch of sadness I think when you see him and as a man in his physical prime knowing what unfortunately happened to him which was you know truly yeah, tragic definitely. and awful like I I actually didn't realize until I watched this again how young he was when he died I thought he was a little mm. bit I didn't realize he was only in his early fifties. Yeah. And obviously you see yeah. this and he's, he is he is a cinematic hero and obviously mm. you know what happens with him. So it, it does carry with it a real sense of sort of forlornness and melancholy sort of thing. So I do I know what you mean. That scene definitely carries with it some weight. Okay then, so let's move on to things we would change about the film or perhaps we didn't like. Now, we've both been quite effusive in our praise. We've both got into it a lot, but I... I I know I've got a few bits to talk about, but let's start with yourself, Alice. What what would you change about the film? What don't you like about it? Hit me with it. So there are two big things that really do bother me about it, and then a couple of smaller offenders that weren't too bad but were still noticeable. But I'll start with the big fellas. So Superman doesn't stay human for long enough, mm. right? So he gives up his powers, and it's really dramatic and really emotionally charged. And this is like such a huge decision. And he's been chatting about it with his dead mum. But what we see after it happens is a couple of cutaways of him and Lois in the bed. You know, we assume that they've been able to be intimate with one another. So that's great. Um, and then they go to a diner. He gets in a fight, sees Zod on TV saying, come and kneel before me, Superman, or something like that. And then that's it. He says, oh, well, I have to go back then. Then he walks to the Fortress of Solitude to get his powers back. And the whole thing feels like it's about five mm. minutes. Like he's he's got he's in this human form for about five minutes. Like this is such a main part of the film. Like if you go on IMDb, the main descriptor of this film is that it's the one where Superman gives up his powers. Yeah. But he gives them up for what feels like a few moments and it makes it feel just so insignificant. Like I needed more. There's, I need yeah, more of him just living. There's go a on. lack of jeopardy, isn't there? Because there's two things at play there. One, it's not long enough. And two, he just gets his powers back. So it's like... Yeah, it just well, happens. Easy peasy. You, if you give up your powers, that's it. You're a man and you're immortal and you'll die. Except that's bollocks. You can just have them back. It's yeah, like, and the way, that, like, to have gone from, and I think the reason that this affected me so much is to go from that conversation that he has with his dead hologram mum, who's like, oh, my love, are you sure? Like, and then it's just like, oh, well, actually, I'll just get him back then because some dude punched me and now Zod is here to take over the world. Like, where's the sacrifice? Mm. And I guess it diminishes the sacrifice. So I was just really, I was kind of annoyed at that. Like, I just needed more. I need... I need the fact that when he turns back into Superman, that needs to be a bigger deal. There needs to be more going on there. So I want to see him doing a few more human-y things. I want to 
see a few more moments where he's really impacted by his weakness because it's, I think you could have done so much with like the little things, like the little things that he can't do anymore. Like, oh, he can't just pop out to this place or mm. that place. Or, oh, I can't just fly my way out of this situation. Like it's literally, he sees Zod, uh, another Kryptonian who's here, ready to kill everyone on Earth, to enslave the, the Earth, whatever it is. And then that's, it's like, oh, well, I've got to go back. And it's like, oh, well... I don't know, it just left me, I wanted more, Josh. It just left me feeling a bit hollow. I know what you mean. And I think, so that, that sort of bring, brings me on to what I was going to say, and I'll come back to your, your other point as well. This film is a bit of a victim of its own success. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Because it was the first massive, well, this and the first, sort of lumped them in together, right? But because they are the first big, massive comic book success, everything that comes back to it after it almost informs the way you look back at it, right? Mm-hmm. So you're looking at it going, well, that's not that wouldn't have happened in this and this and this. So it happens in this. And there's an element, I think, of how, like I say, it's been a victim of its own success. So it looks like it's aged worse than it actually has because of how successful it was and how influential it was. But we'll come back to that. What what was your other point? Uh, so the other thing is, uh, so the villains' deaths are just utterly anticlimactic. Mm. Like, they just sort of slide away off screen and they get pushed down a hole. We don't actually see them die and there's not much of a fight because they get their powers taken away. And, like, I know that, you know, they might want to 
they've been thinking like, oh, let's keep them alive for future films or whatever. It's like, oh, you, you know, you need to figure out, did they die? Didn't they die? They just sort of fall down these holes in this fortress of solitude. But Superman, he literally just squeezes Zod's hand and then throws him down a ditch and then that's it. Yeah. And I was just like, I needed more of that. Like, if this is the last time that we're going to see those three characters, if this is Superman's showdown with Zod, I need more than that. Like, they are too good of villains to just, to just fall down be, a big hole, run out the film like that, and it left right. me feeling I believe so meh. I believe that's different in the other cuts. I believe they get so normally. First of all, uh, you know, I don't want to be one of those guys, but Superman wouldn't kill anybody. Superman would never would, would never oh, kill anybody. No, so, I guess he so doesn't, he? Well, he would he would put least, them back in least, the Phantom Zone. Was, that's the that's the other thought yeah. I was having. I was like, put them back Which in the Phantom Zone. That's in the how other film cut, starts. Oh, fuck. Um, I haven't seen this other cut, you know. I need to watch Spoilers if you've not seen it. But it's one of the big issues people have with Man of Steel is that at the end, he just snaps his neck. Oh, yeah, but that's sick. I like that. I like Dark Superman. I like Dark I suppose, look, it's... Oh, come on. I hate all this. Oh, this character wouldn't do this. This character wouldn't do that. It's like, nah, switch it up. Bring me something new. I love Dark Superman. He's my fave. And I'm not like, I'm not absolutely tied to that. I am with Batman. Because Batman is a bloke. So anyway, we're not going to get into that. But I, for me, I, I sort of, I don't think he, he certainly wouldn't kill these Kryptonians because by pushing them down a hole, right? Because they're like, he's the last of his kind. So if there was three more, not to get into the horrible science of it, but also one of them's female, right? So like, you know, you could, you know, you see where I'm going with like yeah, that. Do you know what I mean? Interesting, like, interesting. Um, uh-huh. So like you say, put them back in the Phantom Zone. That That's that's the stronger, that is the Which stronger Which I think happens in, in the Donner Cup, but I'm sure. not actually 100% because I can't, I can't remember. Um, but yeah, so, and, that's, and that comes back to the issues I think with, which I have, which is around the two issues, the script and the general aging, which I've already touched on. So you quite liked the script, didn't you? Mm-hmm. I think for the most part, it's really so good. So for me, I, I thought it was one of the weaker parts of it, right? And the more I thought okay, about it, the more I thought, is it weak or has it aged? Because if you listen mm-hmm. to the script, it's really quite comic booky. Because in comic mm-hmm. books, spoil, you know, if you don't know this, they're visual only, right? So characters do say stuff out loud that you wouldn't say. So there are bits mm-hmm. in this where the script feels weirdly exposition dumpy. So when they're in the honeymoon mm-hmm. suite, Lois goes, uh, posing as honeymoon writers. Honeymoon writers. And it's like, you wouldn't need to say that. Mm-hmm. You just show us, you don't tell us. But in a comic book, she would do that. If you look at Mm-hmm. comic book panels where characters realise what their powers are. They're always talking out loud to themselves, being like, oh my God, I can lift this car up. Well, obviously you would just think that. You wouldn't say that. Yeah. So actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's a failing of the film or just the fact that comic book films have aged in a way that this now looks mm-hmm. really, really dated. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like they've become more sophisticated as time has gone on. And if you compare it to something like, um, what was the... F- the last one, Endgame, mm. like, you know, the the script, everything about it does become a bit more sophisticated, bit more subtle, doesn't sophisticated. it? I suppose they, you learn to trust your audience a bit and they more. Tre- and they treat them more like real people. Mm. So what they do is they say, and they go put this in the real world and have people speak, you know, obviously not, not to absolute to the letter because obviously people, you mm-hmm. know, superheroes aren't real. 
Uh, well, actual ones with superpowers, anyway. Um, so there is an element of that with, with the script, and, and a lot of it I'm sort of willing to let go. So that element of mm -hmm. the exposition dumpiness and the way that the, you know, the villains speak very hammerly and all that sort of stuff, I don't mind. And then what that happens is that then, uh, you know, inf um, informs the rest of it. So the costume doesn't feel... The costume feels quite comic booky, but has also aged quite badly, particularly um, the the villains' costumes. Like you say, that they look like they're in a sort of like a MC Hammer video or something. Like like, oh, it's, they look great, no, but they just, but but they, but look, they look like they would look in the comic books. It's just it's aged. Yeah. What I'm saying is, I'm willing to forgive that element of it because it has that sort mm -hmm. of nostalgia. It has that kitsch value where you go, but that's just what it was like. And the way mm -hmm. they're made now will look weird in 30 years time. Do you know what I mean? So, but then there are mm -hmm. some other things that I'm that that do that I won't forgive the script for. Which is things like, particularly the ending, right? They 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 write themselves into a corner and invent stuff to get themselves out. So they mm -hmm. write themselves into the corner where Lois knows who Superman is. So and mm -hmm. they write themselves into the corner of of what he's doing with Zod. So they invent they just invent powers. So because they write themselves into a corner, they go, well, uh, Lois forgets him because he kisses her. Well, super what? Like, mm. uh, or, or they write themselves into a corner where famously, there's a famous scene in this which has been parodied in Family Guy and stuff like that, where he takes a cellophane S off his chest and throws it at someone. Well, what's mm. happened there is someone mm. goes, wouldn't that look cool? But there's no reason for that. So what they sort of, mm. I feel like they, they're inventing stuff because they can't figure out a better way to get around a bit, particularly the kissing because she, she needs to forget who he is. So there is an element mm. of like, well, you could have done something. I don't know, I just feel like they could have done... But why... And why does she have to forget yeah. though? Like I, I just I didn't totally it's not clear enough, is that it? she needs to forget. It it just I don't I just don't think it's necessary. Like because you you can still say oh yeah we can't be together, but you know good to be friends and it's good that we know this about each other and maybe that'll be helpful in the future or whatever. Because it's such a relief because early on in the film she figures out that he that Clark Kent is Superman mm. and it's like oh thank God because you know just how long is was they going to pretend to keep up this facade of like oh I put my glasses on now you'll never <laughs> know who I am sort of thing so it's almost like oh brilliant she's found out now we can see some you know genuine interactions between the two of them and I just don't think it was necessary for the memory wipe thing to happen and really. that's definitely something that has died out as time has gone by if you look pretty much all modern superhero films have just done away with that. Except for Spider-Man Spider and, and, and Batman. That was pretty bad. Um, well, that was pretty bad with MJ, wasn't yeah, it? Spoilers. Who's just like, oh, they're in a different world now and she doesn't know who I am. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so there's de there's definitely some elements with, with age and some of it, I'm completely willing to be like, that's just how it was at the time. <laughs> and actually, yeah. it feels quite sort of, um, uh, what's the word, text appropriate. It feels like the original texts and some of it it's mm. like it's a bit lazy and it's a bit underwhelming uh, mm. but other than that not not loads from me there was a few bits of effects where i was like that's not very good and there was a few bit of bits of action where the way it was done was a bit like it made me laugh like there's a bit where <laughs> sod goes into the it's daily planet and he knocks out perry white and the way perry white yeah. does it it's like he should have little tweety birds going around his head and it's yeah. a bit like yeah, yeah just yeah. knock him out don't show his reaction because yeah. if if you can avoid an actor having to act something that's as difficult as being knocked out, they don't have to act being knocked out. Just show them getting knocked out. Yeah. Um, so mm -hmm. there was a bit of that about it, but 
it's not like a, it's like that didn't take me out of it. I just was a bit like, you just you know, that was a bit stupid. Um, what about is there anything else you really didn't like, or have we covered everything there? So there, there was just a couple of little things. The, the two things that I mentioned were the biggest offenders in this, and given the opportunity, you would, I would want, want you know, some more attention given to those things. Maybe work on it a little bit. Um, but the so the other things are just so technical things. So I don't know about you, Josh, but this film was so fucking quiet. <laughs> I had my TV turned up well into the fifties, right, which has never been necessary with anything that I've watched before before and I could still fucking barely hear what they were saying I was it, it was so bizarre so I was like so you've not remastered Sound. the audio or anything <laughs> like not even t- I was like just turn it up just turn it because it's it's I didn't like if I go and turn my tv on now is it going to still be on like 55 and it's going to blow my like head when off you were, like, like when you're ah! in the car and you move from a podcast to a to your music you're like, ah! Yeah, or if you drive, like if you go from driving, you know, late at night, and you've got the radio blaring all your favorite songs or whatever, and then you go in in the morning, and you're all calm and tired, and it's like, nah, nah, nah. It's like oh fuck me. Um, so I just thought that was a bit weird. And there was the odd issue uh, with the editing that I noticed. So the action wasn't always matching. Some of the positioning and the continuity wasn't perfect, and felt a bit disjointed at times. Not enough to ruin my enjoyment of the film, but enough that I noticed. Mm. So I had to mention mm. it. Okay, there. So, pretty balanced argument, I think. There, I think it's safe to say. You know, so. there's some stuff that's 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 not so good, but I think ultimately, you know, it's it is it's nostalgia, it's legacy, very much lives on, and I'm you know mm-hmm. I'm interested to know how it did critically. Mm. So I'm trying to think if I'm gonna have a guess because you've have also you've what also led on got, to me. What would you? What I actually think the critics will probably have been kinder to this than the audience. Because I can mm-hmm. see, at the time, audience were probably quite kind. But I can imagine now, 2022 nerds being like, and he throws a cellophane S and he doesn't have a cellophane S. So I'm going to go, 1%. Well, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> you mean a bit like, like what exactly you did. what I did. Um, <laughs> but, but, she might wouldn't kill anyone, though. We wouldn't yeah, kill anyone. Yeah, this, it wouldn't kill anyone. Right, no. We wouldn't. <laughs> No, so how do I think it did? I think the audience, I think at the time, probably were it was probably fairly even. In fact, do you know what? I think it's probably swapped. I think mm. I think it's swapped. So I reckon that brings it quite middling. So I'm gonna say, like a a solid, a solid seven. I'm gonna go for. I reckon that's what it's get, mm-hmm. getting. What would I give it? Maybe slightly lower. Maybe it. Maybe a six, a six and a half. Really? Yeah, into yeah. the sixes. But, oh my god. Or maybe yeah, six and a half. I'd say just. Oh. But then I'd be interested to watch the Donner cut and know if it's any better. Oh, I, I'm yeah. literally going to go do um, that right now. So go on, how, how did it do? Lay it on me. So on IMDb at the time of recording, it gets six point eight. Right. Which I thought was pretty fucking stingy, to be honest. <laughs> and then over on Rotten Tomatoes, Superman 2 gets, from the audience, 76%. And then from the critics, 83%. Oh, so I wasn't far off with the critics and the audience thing. Indeed, indeed. So that average is out then at 75. Mm. So mm. I have to say, that's, that's not... It's not overrated because it's it's slightly over what I'd say, but I would say it's it's sort of it's appropriately rated. So I, I mean, oh, I feel it's. I, I kind of, I kind of feel like it's a little bit underrated. Oh. I just thinking about like 
the emotional connection and the emotional reaction that I had while I was watching it. I think the critics score 83% mm. is is perfectly appropriate and I, I wouldn't sort of disagree with that. The IMDb score I definitely think is too low. Going into the sixes with this, I do mm. think is criminal at 6.8. The audience score... I don't know, man. I, I do kind of feel like I'd still give it a bit higher. Mm. I wonder if I would give it an eight. I wonder if I would give it an eight. I reckon it's underrated, you Ooh. know? I think after all that... After, after all that? that <laughs> after all that, I think, I reckon, Superman is definitely underrated. It's probably not underseen. I don't know. You, you've, you've got... There's a good chance that it is being seen by modern mm. audiences because it's a superhero mm. film, right? Um, so probably not underseen, but I reckon... I reckon that's a little bit underrated, you know. So we've got a bit of a split decision then, haven't we? Yeah, it's a split indeed. decision. There we go. A little bit like, listeners, little bit like Rocky Balboa. What do you think? A little bit like Rocky Balboa. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll put it out to the listeners. So I think it's appropriately rated. And Alice thinks it's underrated. So mm-hmm. put it out to you. What do you think? An average of 75 is Superman 2 uh, underrated. Well, there we go. Superman 2... Put it in the maybe pile for now, in the maybe underrated pile. But I'd be interested to know what um, what the listeners think mm. about that one. For I sure. think they're more likely to um, side with you. I, I do hope mm. so. I do hope so, guys. I'm relying on you. Let's let's tell Josh he can suck it <laughs> and that he's totally wrong about Superman too. Uh, anyway, Josh. Ooh. My favourite time of the week, this. Tell us, what are we going to be watching for next week? Well, I thought it was about time we tackled another classic film. Yay! So, Even though Superman, yeah, a little, a bit, classic, little bit. But I didn't pick it for that. So, no. I, I've got a few classics on my list and I'm really unsure what to pick. But I think I've mm-hmm. nailed it down to one. So next okay, week, great. we are going to be watching and talking about the classic that may or may not be, as in we'll decide... Not that... It, anyway, the film is uh, Rebel Without a Cause with James Dean. Oh, okay. So, yes. Ooh, yeah, so cool. uh, we'll put that out to the listeners in terms of whether Superman 2 is underrated or appropriately rated. Just side with me because I'm the better podcast host. No, um, don't do it. <laughs> join us next it. week where we'll be talking about Rebel Without a Cause, the James Dean film, to decide is it a classic or is it not? Oh. In the meantime, if you'd like to get in touch with us, it comes in that part at gmail.com. And we're on all the social medias. Just search for us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. You'll find us. Get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your suggestions for some films we should cover, especially because Alice reckons she's running out. Um, we're also on the television, <laughs> Alice, aren't we? We are indeed. We are on the local TV network every Friday from 6pm talking about all our favourite underrated and underseen films. So if you live in Birmingham, Bristol, Liverpool, Leeds or the northeast of England, you can find us on Channel 7 on Freeview. Or if you live in North Wales or South Wales, you can find us on Channel 8 on Freeview. Or if you live anywhere in the UK and you have Sky, you can find us on Channel 188. That is every Friday evening from 6pm on the local TV network. Yes, there we go. Lots of ways to get in touch with us and see us and hear us and thanks as ever for your support it really does mean a lot especially if you vote that superman is appropriately rated um we will see you next week it's goodbye from me cheerio bye
The biggest names in tennis are coming to Paris for the most anticipated Roland Garros in years. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled tournament access as the world's top players in tennis face off against each other. Will the veteran champions continue their dominance or will a fresh face emerge to challenge their legacy on the clay courts? Daily live coverage of this epic showdown begins Monday, May 20th. Don't miss a matchup. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.